Hello, everyone. Welcome back to For the Girls. We're so excited to be talking about all of our predictions for the 2024 season today, which is only a few weeks away. It is crazy how fast the offseason flies by. We are going to do a Monday episode release schedule for the upcoming season. So always watch out for a new episode, whether it's a race recap or something else in an off week on Mondays. We have another really fun announcement. We are going to be doing a fantasy league all season long with grid rivals. So what this means is we're each going to create our own team, compete with each other all season long. And of course, it'll be so much fun if you all join in as well. With grid rival, you essentially become a team principal of your very own F1 team. You get a budget to buy and trade drivers throughout the season. And big strategy tip here directly from the grid rival boss, grid rival boss himself is that the name of the game is to basically identify undervalued drivers early on in the season that you think are going to do really well, and then you can trade them and make a profit for your team and then continuing to keep drivers throughout the season. So, like, if you're Tiggy, you can aim high and try to get Lewis, like, pretty soon. Early on, so. <laughs> but hopefully this episode will help you all out picking the undervalued drivers of the season. It's going to be such a good way for us to stay connected, get a little bit competitive, make the season that much more exciting by having a little skin in the game. We did a fantasy league last year which was so fun and my favorite thing was seeing all of your guys's names but this year what's super exciting is we will be giving out cash prizes so we're going to be doing $500 for the first place $300 for the second place and $200 for our top finishing patreon member and honorable mentions of course for the best team names but we'll give more information on Instagram and elsewhere in our bio but just to join our league go to the link in the episode notes or just head over to Instagram or Discord, where we will be posting a lot more about it, including how to sign up, more tips and tricks. And the deadline is right before FP1 uh, of the first race, so February 29th. With that, we will jump right into it. I'm Sarah. I'm Chessa. And I'm Tiggy. Okay, so we're doing, like Sarah said, our 2024 season predictions. So just to set the stage a little bit for new listeners, who are our favorites? Where do our allegiances lie? A sort of disclaimer at the beginning, if you will. I So this is Tiggy speaking. My allegiances <laughs> currently lie with and have for many years lied with Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Obviously, there was some big news recently with Lewis leaving Mercedes <laughs> to go to Ferrari. So I guess the question is, do my team allegiances shift to Ferrari or not? But I have not made that decision yet, so I'm going to keep punting that down the road. <laughs> yeah, Tiggy, I was going to ask because you were too in shock when we did, when we discussed the news <laughs> in the emergency episode to process this, but are you going to become a member of the Tifosi or still choosing to go? I will become a member of the Tifosi. I have, oh. I have to say that. That doesn't Whoa. necessarily mean... <laughs> I'm not going to be a Mercedes fan, but I will follow Lewis uh, wherever he goes. And if that's to Ferrari, I am officially going to be a Tifosi. <laughs> so I'm feeling Monza, here more, we come. I love it. I know. I'm feeling more positive about it with it settling in, reading more about it. Um, still obviously a huge shock, but I actually think it's it's an exciting move. And I'm super excited for Lewis and for Ferrari. So yeah, we'll obviously discuss lots more throughout the season. We have a lot. As, as things stand, I'm I'm actually feeling quite positive about it. And that's the beauty of the sport is that you can have a favorite driver and follow him around to all of his different teams. And you can still have a different favorite team, which leads me into where my allegiances lie, where I'm Mexican, so I love Checo and I'll always, you know, have a soft spot for him. But as of late, I'm also a huge Oscar and Lando fan. Um, but I don't think I'm like, 
have a very, very strong allegiance to any given team. I'm kind of here to stir the pot. So anyone who, you know, is fighting really well in the midfield and is challenging Max up front is going to be my team or driver. For me, this is Sarah. I am a Red Bull and Max fan, but I think I also love McLaren. I love seeing Lando and Oscar succeed. Um, I have big hopes for Ferrari this season. So I would say predominantly Red Bull, but also like Chessa was saying, kind of have some other drivers I root for, just teams up and down the grid. So we'll get into it, but I'm excited for things to maybe be a bit closer this year. Yeah, we are all big McLaren fans over here, which is great. But yeah, so much, so much to discuss. So let's start by going by team and then we'll obviously give our predictions for where the standings will end up at the end of the year which big disclaimer (laughs) we know nothing as does anyone else but (laughs) just for some good fun Um, so let's start with Red Bull I think there are two big questions here one will they be number one as they will they have as much of a dominant year as they did last year and two what happens with Checo's future? Uh, what does he have to do to keep his seat? If he doesn't, who is going to replace him? Any chance of an in-season replacement? So maybe let's start with the easy question first, and then we can go to Checo. Sarah, you can do the honors here. <laughs> okay. I think they'll still be on top, but I do think it's going to be much closer. I think we kind of saw this in the last regulation cycle when you had the turbo hybrid era and Mercedes just completely knocking it out of the park for years. But then towards the end of the regulation cycle, it's given teams kind of several years now to try to work with the new system, figure out the flaws in their design. And so I think as we reach, we saw this a bit last year with how much McLaren was able to make up ground. I think now that we're again, kind of nearing the end of that regulation cycle, like Red Bull absolutely knocked it out of the park in with the 2022 redesign. But I think now we're going on the third year of um, teams having kind of space and time to figure it out. And so Again, not saying it's going to be 2021, but 2021 was a great example of how at the very end of the regulation cycle, Red Bull had caught up and figured it out and could really compete with Mercedes. So kind of expecting something a little bit closer than what we've seen the past two years. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree um, with the caveat that I think um, because or not the caveat, but adding on that because I think other teams are going to be a lot closer to Red Bull that Max is really going to have to dial in if he really wants to be very, very competitive. Like I heard a stat today, which is insane, and we all kind of know this, but in the last two seasons, there's been 44 races. Max has won like 33 of them. So we're so used to having Max win all the time because his team is so great. But I think when the other teams really start to catch up, that's kind of my prediction that he'll have a little bit of like heat down the back of his neck. But I think the only question is – which teams because I believe I I agree with the thought that yeah teams have had more years to maybe catch up with this regulation cycle but at the same time a lot of these teams are seeing huge changes whether it's team principles whether it's driver announcements whether it's you know people leaving like we've had shakeups at Ferrari we've had technical shakeups at Mercedes McLaren you know they're they have a rookie or they had a rookie driver so you know I think it's McLaren's year more under him yeah, maybe it is, but I just think I think a lot of these teams are are seeing shakeups in a way that Red Bull hasn't. Although we will see what happens <laughs> with the Christian Horner news, um, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. 
But let's move on to Checo. So what do we think Checo has to do to keep his seat? I guess my thought here would be Checo probably has to consistently be coming in second every single time, like qualifying P2 and ending the race there to support Max in that role. Um, but do we think he can do we think he can do that? And if not, who replaces him? Yeah, not to be a pessimist here, but I don't really see Checo coming back for 2026 because, yeah, save for the fact that maybe if he comes second and has a pretty close time differential to Max for every single race, there's so many other drivers that Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull could be putting in their championship winning car. Um, but you think he would like, come back for 2025? Oh, sorry. I meant 2025. I don't. Oh, okay, okay. I think we were <laughs> like in 2025 right now. <laughs> That's bold. I don't even know what year it is. No, I think this might be Checo's last season. I completely agree. I think he's definitely out for 2025. I think the main question is whether there could be an in-season replacement, which I this do. This year, think, yeah, I still think is possible, depending on how it's going. I think one thing working in his favor is the past two years we've seen the first handful of races, kind of the first stint of the season, he tends to do better and then yeah. has kind of struggled more towards the tail end of the season. So that'll help him out of the gate. But I think, again, it's contingent on so many factors. I talked a lot about Daniel Ricardo last year. If Daniel Ricardo is coming out absolutely blazing in the V-carb, what are we going to call it? I think the V-carb car. V-carb. It's, it's so rough. It sounds, it sounds like a Gas-X or Tums medication, but <laughs> Um, I think a big variable is Danny's performance because otherwise there might not be anyone who could realistically replace him in season but I am 100% certain he does not have that seat for 2025 you heard it here first folks there is 100% certain yeah I think it's hard to think about anybody else replacing him mid-season except for someone within the Red Bull organization which would be Danny or Yuki because everyone else is tied up with contracts and while what I'm about sure Liam Lawson? Jump on that seat. That's possible, but to take someone out of the car like Checo and bring in a rookie who hasn't been racing at all for months in an F1 car feels a little risky. Not impossible. Yeah, I do think but... Red Bull makes big moves, but even Max had to go to Toro Rosso for a while yeah. as a <laughs> as a youth. I, I think they're going right. to just put a put a rookie in the Red Bull. <laughs> you tell I'm really here to stir the pot. <laughs> All right, let's let's switch to Mercedes. What do we think the vibes are going to be like now that Lewis has already announced his departure? So I'm going to be an optimist. Surprise, surprise here. I think that it's, I think it's going to be water under the bridge by the time the season starts. I think they will probably start to prioritize George potentially more so in the car, okay. but I do think that they're both going to want to end this decade plus on a high both Lewis and the team so I do think that they're going to be pushing really hard on both sides driver and team and I do think that I, I don't think the vibes will be bad I think Lewis already knows he's leaving the team already the team already knows he's leaving I don't see what they have to gain by like kind of making it a hostel last year so I actually think it won't be that bad atmosphere wise I am expecting some hostility I think Toto, I think Toto likely was blindsided or at least feels betrayed to some extent, even if not blindsided. Um, and I think the issue is going to be that now 
Mercedes, if they're number one, feeling kind of blindsided, taken aback, they're George is the future of the team. And that's going to start, I think, race one. And so I would not be surprised if he's getting the upgrades, he's getting the team orders, he's getting the better strategy. And Lewis is obviously such a formidable competitor and driver. No F1 driver takes that easily, especially when he hasn't won in years. He still is going to want that kind of comeback win so badly that I feel like I could see that causing some problems. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going to side with Tiggy on here that there's not going to be any animosity. Like, I say for the fact, yeah, I think Lewis is still going to want to be really competitive and the team might start to favor George more. But, like, between the drivers themselves, I don't think there'll be any animosity. And I think what the only thing that's going to be kind of um, like a shadow or a cloud hanging over the team's head, if you want to call it that, is the like the unfilled seat and who's going to fill it and when they're going to fill it and how they're going to fill it. There's so much to think about there. Tiggy, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. What do you read in, if anything, into what Lewis's departure says about kind of the state of the car, the state of the team? I don't think he's excited about what he's seeing. And I think if he was, think he would have stuck around. Yeah, I think probably both. I think this indicates he doesn't have trust in them figuring it out over the next couple of years before 2026 and isn't necessarily certain about that for 2026 either. And so I, I don't think that this says any positive things about their car and their potential performance over the next couple of years. Uh, because I do, I, I, Lewis is in that organization. He's seeing the W15 yeah. in the simulator. The memes I've seen, like Lewis seeing the W15 in the simulator and just being like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't think Lewis would walk away if he was, if he thought Mercedes was like sitting on gold, you know? So I don't think it, it bodes well necessarily for their future, but I guess we never know. Um, but I do think it's fun to talk about who's going to get that seat. Do you guys have any thoughts? I definitely have mine, but I want to hear from you. The return of (laughs) Botas. Just kidding. (laughs) He teased that on Instagram. (laughs) Someone he is hilarious. on January 30th, and it was Botas. <laughs> I would have thought that Albon could have been a really good replacement, but now that we know that Red Bull has kind of dug their dug their claws in on that one, I can't really think of anyone that I would be super pumped for. Um, but let's, I, mean, I, guess like, I, I think we should talk about Albon, because I think he's not who I think they'll go with necessarily, but I do think it Red makes Bull. sense – no, Mercedes. I don't think they'll necessarily go with Albon, but James Vowell spent 12 years at Mercedes, now the team principal of Williams. Williams obviously is a, a customer team of Mercedes. And I don't, I think Alex having already spent some time at Red Bull that wasn't so hot, um, I don't know. I think I could see Albon potentially going to Mercedes over Red Bull. I agree. I don't think Red Bull is super likely to grant second chances I think Daniel Ricardo had a much better Red Bull record than Albon and granted Albon was quite young we all know how hard it is to drive against Max but Daniel Ricardo was like a multiple time Grand Prix winner with Red Bull was the only person who could even kind of remotely keep up with Max and so I don't necessarily see them giving Albon a second chance when there's so much talent on the grid generally when Carlos is going to be available um what about a rookie Okay, first, Tiggy, I really need to hear your Mercedes prediction. Okay, my hottest take is 
I think they will go with either Vettel or Alonso. I think they will go with someone Whoa. who, yes, I think, I think they will. I think they, Toto's like, it's time to do something bold. I think bold is a multi, who, who's going to replace Lewis Hamilton? Is it going to be a rookie? Like Kimi Antonelli's name has been thrown around. He's in F2, but like, I just, I personally don't think George currently has what it takes to be the leader of the Mercedes team. I will, I think they will oh my want God. a multiple time world champion to fill the Lewis gap that exists. And I think Vettel could potentially wow. come back. And I think Alonso would take a Mercedes seat over Aston Martin in a heartbeat. Okay. I definitely think Alonso would do it. What about, I, I'm so, so curious about this one. What about if they were able to snatch Lando? We know Lando has a multi-year extension with McLaren, but I do think there's something about the double British driver that Mercedes Mm -hmm. loves and that Lind. I don't know. I could kind of see Lando working well in their brand or in their organization. That's what I think is going to happen because I think like Mercedes is like, okay, we're losing Lewis. We're losing basically our entire identity if you want to think of it that way. So why not just like go big or go home and do a full rebrand? And I think having two young drivers who are both very dynamic have sort of like that brand power, like Hamilton had it, but they have a different brand power than Hamilton. I think putting those two together um, to kind of duke it out for for who's going to be the best driver, I think would be, to me, the more predictable move than signing some previous world champion. But I don't think it's necessarily – so Lando was my first guess when we did the kind of Lewis emergency episode, but I don't necessarily know if it's a given that Lando would jump to a Mercedes seat over McLaren where he's building, especially if they do really well this next season mm-hmm. or two. I don't totally. know if it's necessarily a given. I think there is something to be said with like like what Lewis did with Mercedes. He jumped to Mercedes when it was a totally unknown thing, helped build this franchise – broke all these records like maybe that's kind of what's in Lando's mind for McLaren and I think McLaren is definitely heading the right direction so I don't know if it's necessarily a given that Lando would take it but I I think it's definitely possible should we talk about McLaren then since that's a really nice segue Tiggy let's do it is this their year Chessa you think yes yes. (laughs) I think yes and we did a poll for all of our followers and they also think yes but I think They learned a lot last year coming from, you know, Austria onwards. They started to absolutely crush it. So if they've been able to maintain that momentum, which I think they have, plus the amount of like rallying they're getting around the team with fandom and engagement and, you know, all the other things that they're doing really well outside of just racing on Sundays, I think this really could be their year in more ways than one. Yeah, I agree. I think – both drivers are so talented. I think they arguably have one of the strongest, if not the strongest driver lineup and certainly the strongest lineup of kind of the younger generation. Oscar was just an absolutely incredible rookie. So I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. I'm also curious about what the Lando Max dynamic will be like if they are consistently podiuming, fighting at the top like they did at the end of last year, because there's been a lot of great quotes about this, but Lando and Max are besties. It's a lot easier when you're not wheel to wheel every weekend. Totally. But also like, what about Lando and Oscar? If they're both kind of duking it out, I'm so excited to see Oscar in a non-rookie season. I think he's just going to absolutely continue to blossom. But like 
they're both super talented. What if they have a really fast car? Like, do we see them butting heads? Yes. I think they are both very young and very hungry. And that's what happens at a team when you have two very young, very hungry, extremely talented drivers and a really great up and coming car. That's where I feel like we might see some surprise. I'm not going to call it animosity, but like some real intense head to head action. Uh, and I'm excited for it personally. Are we going to see some Oscar personality on the radio, perhaps? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun to have two drivers on a team also come out with really good driver personalities. Obviously, Lando's already got it on lock. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting. I I'm super excited for McLaren this year. I think they're gonna do so well, and we'll talk about it when we get to constructors' predictions. But I do think they'll break into the top three this year. So I am very excited for that. But speaking of other top three, should we move to Ferrari? (laughs) (laughs) I'm fascinated about what the atmosphere is going to be like with Carlos. I mean, speaking of being blindsided, it basically seemed like he woke up one day and or was going about whatever with the time change. It must have been early afternoon, was going about his day, picks up his phone and has an announcement that Lewis is taking his seat. Um, So he's going to be super hungry. He needs to prove himself very early on, not prove himself, but show that he can keep up the performance he was keeping up last season to basically just audition for top teams. Like that's going to be the function of the first part of his season. Yeah. Do you think there's a world, do you think there's a world where he doesn't get a seat at a top team for 2025? Yes. I definitely think that world exists. I don't think there are that many spots necessarily open. I mean, we do have mm-hmm. the Mercedes seat. Obviously we have the Red Bull seat. Should Checo not get re-signed, but Carlos's dad, I don't know how important this is, and maybe it's all water under the bridge, but Carlos's dad, like when Carlos was at Toro Rosso, like did not really get along with the Red Bull organization. So I don't, I don't know. I think I could definitely see a world in which maybe Carlos, if he is kind of the Audi plan A, goes either to Sauber, Alfa Romeo for a year, or maybe Williams parks himself for a year at maybe a team that's not at the top and then full sends it in 2026 to Audi. But I don't know. I mean, I think he definitely deserves a a seat at a top team. It's just, is there one that fits? I want Carlos in the Red Bull seat in 2025. Ooh, that's spicy. (laughs) Manifesting that. This, to me, the more and more we have this conversation, my brain can't keep up because it's like, okay, if he goes here, then he goes here, then he goes here, and then what happens here? Like, it's going to be a very intense game of, like, plucking a driver from team to team. And I wonder... Like, is there, like, a <laughs> the way that I'm thinking about it, like, what's, like, the master plan? Like, who can look on top of all of this and, like, advise? Because if there's going to be this many movement, this much movement happening over the year, like, my biggest thing is how, how are teams going to stage it? Do you think it's all going to happen during silly season? Like, Carlos getting his new seat, Checo being out. Like, when do we think it's going to happen? <laughs> new seems to just hit whenever it wants to these days. Just, like... <laughs> I'm trying Something to plan our content schedule. Gets, gets leaked. Well, we know that every time a surprise announcement drops, we're probably either in jury duty or about to get on a plane or doing something <laughs> on vacation. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I don't know. I feel like silly season will probably have the bulk of it, but I, I don't know. We'll talk about this. I have some thoughts on maybe there's some retirements that get announced. Maybe there's some midseason drops. We'll see. But. Aston Martin, when I'm kind of... Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. 
We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacovas your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacovas. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Looking for here is whether they can keep Alonzo around. I do think Alonzo will be a hot commodity with so many seats open for 2025. And Lance is always just a question mark. And I do think eventually if he doesn't step up, the team could potentially be sold. I don't know if his dad will want to keep at this forever, investing so many resources when it is now clear that Lance will not be a world driver's champion eventually. Um, so I'm I'm very interested in both of those. Yeah, a lot to look out for for that one. I also think another team that potentially has a lot of question marks around it is Alpine. Uh, what with like the the Gasly Ocon contracts both being up in 2024, it does kind of feel like a big inflection point for the team as well. Plus, with their new principal, I think anything is oh I I don't want to say new, but like newly permanently announced principal. I think that there's a lot of things that could happen with the with Alpine as well. Yeah, they were just so in no man's land last season, and I sort of feel like they're gonna get. I think other teams are probably going to push forward, maybe like the, maybe V-Carb and some others, maybe Williams and Alpine's going to kind of fall towards more of the back of the pack is my prediction. Although I do believe Gasly and Ocon are both great drivers. They just, I don't know. It seems like they've had some difficult times with the car, with the organization more broadly, a lot of change. So yeah, exactly. I don't know. For Williams. So this is this is a fun one because I think we saw them really step into their own more. Everybody is loving James Bowles. Albon's stock is extremely on the rise. So I do think that we'll see another year, hopefully, of improvement for them. But I guess the questions here is, do we believe they're truly a midfield team now? Are they going to be competing with Alpine, potentially some of the other uh, top midfield teams? Or, you know, also, will they be able to hang on to Albon? I really hope they're a solid, solid mid-team, midfield team this year. I could see that happening. I'm excited for them. And what do we think about Logan? Do we think he's going to have a breakout year that he kind of needs? Or do we think this is going to be maybe his last year in F1, if not? I don't know if he needs a breakout year. I mean, that would have, like, I think to me, a breakout year means that you're a rookie and you do really well. Like Oscar had his breakout year. I think Logan doesn't need to have an 
insane year, but he certainly needs to get a lot more points than he did this year um, and be probably not 18th, 19th, or 20th in, in the World Drivers' Championship to remain at Williams. But Williams' stock really is rising, and they start to become a very competitive midfield team. And then, you know, other teams drop down to the bottom. Maybe Logan gets traded to a quote-unquote worse team. Uh, I don't know, but I don't. I don't think Albon will stay. I think he's an excellent driver, and if he does anything near what he did last season this year with with the car that he has in the Williams, he will be on to a bigger and better future. Okay, V carb, <laughs> let's run it out. <laughs> Who wants to start? <laughs> <laughs> Well, lots of new stuff here. Uh, big rebrand, as we know. And there are lots of rumors about them kind of being closer to Red Bull this season. Are they? Is this going to be a step forward beyond just being kind of a junior team? What does that level of investment mean for them going forward? Um, Sarah, I'm curious what you think kind of from a Red Bull perspective, if you feel like they're going to charge up the grid a bit more, just being a little bit closer to Red Bull and having some of these changes. Danny and Yuki are both relatively experienced drivers at this point. Yeah, we'll see. I think it definitely got to a bit of a strange and untenable situation where it was a team in the Red Bull family with the same power unit as the Red Bull, and Red Bull was the best car in a generation while Alpha Tower was really struggling. Yeah. So I think maybe this is the shakeup they need to kind of reset, figure out what their path forward is and whether they are kind of more of a midfield team of their own right instead of just being the Red Bull Junior team, which Danny Ricardo was saying he feels like it's a step in the right direction of them kind of standing on their own two feet more. But I'm not sure how much can be done in an offseason, but I really, really want to be able to see Danny able to show what he can do. So I'm hoping that they're at least kind of able to be consistently bit higher up in Q2, able to be consistently fighting for points. That's so well said, Sarah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I don't think V-Carb as a team is going to be anything new or exciting for me, but I just really hope that they're there for Danny so that Danny can – Danny needs his breakout year. Like, I'm calling it Danny's breakout <laughs> His breakout year. <laughs> he's like a rookie, but he's not. You know what I mean? So uh, Daniel Ricciardo is not a rookie, but <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean. Like this is his first full season back after the debacles yeah. of the past two years. So yeah, it's almost like it feels like an unretirement year, like Alonzo returning from retirement. Exactly. It almost feels like that. Yeah, definitely. He needs a consistent car in year with no broken wrists or injuries. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, speaking of rebrands, yeah, let's talk about yeah, steak. Let's, let's talk about steak. Um. So they obviously had a really tough year last year. Same driver driver lineup, Botas and Joe. Do we can we expect any changes and improvement? Do we think? Um, and is Botas's heart still in it? Big question. I don't think we'll see any improvement, except for the fact that maybe their really cool new um, racing suits give them like magical powers and they feel really cool. And, like, <laughs> okay, they drive. Fast. people were hating on that car i love it like oh, i think it's great the white with the green the green is i i think it's iconic i love it yeah it might give all them the cars some good just being straight black this year <laughs> it's yeah, nice to have a little fiber. pop of, of color i think it's going to be a fun year for joe with his home grand prix in china for the first time so i think that'll be interesting to see kind of the build up and all of that um this spring 
but yeah, I, I think Botas's heart is still in it. It's just hard when you don't have a car that can deliver. So I think that just makes it really difficult. So hopefully they, they deliver a bit more for him. For Haas, what, I mean, we already have the new team principal, Ayo Komatsu, saying that they're going to be 10th. So when your team principal says that before the season has started, that's really not a good sign. So I'm not sure what else we can say here besides that's rough. That's really rough. Just because, setting expectations low. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. Haas is a team that runs purely on vibes. So when the vibes are wrong <laughs> and they start wrong, there's no way up. <laughs> and with Gunther gone. So my hot-ish take here is that I think we could get a retirement for one or both of these Haas drivers. I think at least with K-Mag and maybe to a certain mm-hmm. extent Hulkenberg, like they also like K-Mag had a really good relationship with Gunther. Like that is part of the reason he came back with Gunther gone. I don't necessarily see a world or a reason why K-Mag and or Hulkenberg would really stick around. Like I think Haas kind of needs to rebuild from scratch. And I think those drivers are not past their prime, but like they're not, they're not young and exciting. I guess we'll just put it that way. Agreed. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if next year there's two new drivers and both of them have families. They are kind of at the tail end of their career. So I think that's a good prediction, Tiggy. All right. So let's get into predictions yes. for drivers championship and constructors. Chessa, what do you have? Okay. For drivers, I'm going to do top three. I'm going to have Max. I'm going to have Lewis, which I can't believe I'm saying those two. Wow. Sense. And then I'm going to have Lando three. And then um, accordingly, we will have Red Bull number one in constructors. We're going to have a very tight battle between Mercedes and McLaren and Ferrari for second. And then third will just be one of those three who doesn't get second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you took my top three drivers. I also had Max, oh, Lewis, shoot. and Lando. but. I'm sure Sarah will not have that combination. So at least two of us will, or one of us will not be the same. I also think Red Bull will be on top. I think, like I said, McLaren will break into the top three. I don't think they'll be P2, but I I could see them being P3. And I think it's going to be very close between Ferrari and Mercedes. Like I was saying before, I think Lewis and Mercedes will want to end on a high, but at the same time, Ferrari is really charging forward they'll have another full year under their belt with Fred Vasseur some shakeups on the strategy side which are much needed so I think Ferrari's gonna have a good year so I hate to say it but I think I would put Red Bull Ferrari and McLaren and McLaren just edging out Mercedes there she is the Tifosi and Tiggy is signing <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold I me think to for it. me, I would go Max P1 in the World Drivers Championship. I think maybe Lando in P2. Wow. And then I think for third, I would guess it would be between Charles and Lewis. I think I would guess Charles because I could actually see Lewis's points haul in some cases being substantially affected by the team kind of moving towards George. Okay. In those, if it ends up being super close and it gets to a situation where every point matters, I think Charles is going to be prioritized and Lewis is not going to be prioritized. Um, I think for teams, Red Bull on top, I'm going to say McLaren P2, Ferrari P3. Let's wow. go. I'm loving all this optimism for McLaren. And Sarah, thank you for saying Charles's name. I don't think 
we had even talked about him at all because he just seems like such a solid bloke over at Ferrari. Uh, <laughs> God. Okay, so we have already talked a lot about contracts, silly season, etc. But just to give everyone a refresher, because at least for me, it gets very confusing when we have all of these different speculations, who's going to be technically out next year or who could be. So more than half the grade does not have a seat secured for 2025. So the contracts at the end of the 2024 season that will be ending that have no deal yet is Checo, Carlos, Alonso, potentially Lance, Logan, both Alpine drivers, both V-Carb drivers, both Haas drivers, and both Alfa Romeo drivers. So Holy crap, I cannot wait until – It's going to be crazy. <laughs> Insanity. It's most of the grid does not have a job for 2025 yet. <laughs> okay, so instead of going through every single driver, I guess it's probably more fun to just say, okay, who do we think is the most at risk? Like who do we think is not going to be signed? And who, I guess, has the biggest opportunity to make a big jump up the grid of all of these drivers? I think we could all agree Checo is probably the most at risk if we're thinking about like top drivers most at risk. Yeah, I would say right? Checo and both Haas drivers are probably, in my mind, the most likely to get dropped. I think Checo is the most at risk in terms of – I think Checo is definitely losing his seat, but I do think he would have a lot of opportunities at these midfield or – lower ranked teams like I could see him bumping either Alpine driver either Haas driver either Alfa Romeo driver um so I think Checo would have options but I definitely think he's losing a seat do we think he wants those options with no you know he's got a family like big family yeah after you leave Red Bull it's like you're kind of just I don't know that seems like a tough a tough drop so let's let's flip it on its head. Who do we think has the potential to make it big and make the biggest jump up the grid by signing on a new team? I could see maybe Gasly making a jump if he has a standout season. I think he is a Grand Prix winner. He is a great driver, has not had his chance to shine in an Alpine, but I think either Gasly or Ricardo could have That's my big pick. opportunities if they come out of the gate performing. Danny's my pick, yeah. You guys aren't buying Ocon's Mercedes link comments? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of half joking, but yeah, agreed. (laughs) I I mean, I am an Ocon fan, so I'll I'll just say that now. But yeah, I I would agree. I would probably put my money on on Gasly for this one. Gasly. Gasly. Allez, Gasly. All right. Anything else we want to hit on before we talk about our listener predictions? There are just a couple we want to shout out here that were good. I think for me, this is not really like a prediction for how things will turn out points wise, but I think McLaren is going to become like the American team, even though they're not technically. What do you mean by that? Like, what does the American team mean? Like for American fans love them or. They are just, okay. they are just so plugged in. Like obviously from the three of us, all of our interactions with the team, like they know exactly what they're doing when it comes to branding, marketing, fandom in the U S and I think it's really cool. And I think they will get a lot more allegiance as the year progresses. I think they're already there. Honestly, I think, I mean, obviously American fans love Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, other teams as well, but I think McLaren's definitely doing the best in America. Fair. <laughs> I think my main thing I'm going to be looking for is I could see there being a lot of team dynamic 
issues with so many contracts up and this these Carlos and Lewis situations, potentially other moves or other drops could be announced midseason. So I think it could be much tenser than last year in terms of driver-driver issues on the same teams and then also kind of just driver-team relationships. If someone announced – if someone – gets dropped 10 races into the season, for example, if it's public that they're not getting renewed for 2025, I think that could become a big factor. Mm. It's going to be crazy. This is going to be a good season. <laughs> Even if we still have Red Bull dominance, it's going to be great. Of course, especially with our with our fantasy league going on. We have a lot that we can, we can do. <laughs> yes. All right. So for we put a question box on our Instagram for your 2024 predictions. Um, I'll say just a couple of mine. I think two of the most exciting things for me is Oscar's first win. He won a sprint last year, but first real win. And then we had a lot of Lando gets a win this year as well. And I think I think those two are super exciting, but also pretty realistic in my mind. So that that's awesome. My favorite was when someone wrote in, and I, and I quote, it is so Ferrari's year, I feel it. <laughs> um, so I think that one's really good. And then I have to give honorable mention to two listeners who wrote in and said that Logan will win the World Drivers Championship. I mean, never say never. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's just talk about news because our news reels have been insane the past few weeks because the news cycle just never stops. So top of the agenda for the news discussion today is – the Christian Horner investigation that Red Bull has launched internally after a report of his, quote, inappropriate behavior. He denied the allegations. There was a massive internal hearing on Friday. It took eight hours. No news yet as to what the verdict was, I guess. But uh, there are a lot of rumors that it does not look great for Horner, which I am going to take with a grain of salt. Um, so I really don't know what's going to happen with this one. Yeah, apparently the there have been calls for him to voluntarily step down amidst all of this but it's really we don't have any details so it's really hard to know kind of what what is going on behind the scenes um yeah it is it is kind of strange to talk about inappropriate behavior from a female employee without really giving any details of the matter um yeah so we'll have to wait yeah i it's not great though not great Definitely not. I'll be curious to see how the team handles it and hopefully they handle it well. Agreed. So another big news item, the sprint weekend format has been updated. So the practice and sprint quality will now be on Friday uh, and Saturday now will be action packed. Not only will we have the sprint race, but we will also have qualifying for the main race. And then of course the race will still be on Sunday, but this has begged a lot of questions and DMS from you all about how, if someone crashes in the sprint, how do they turn the car around for quali on Saturday? Which I think is a great question um, and remains to be seen. But I do think overall, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I feel pretty I positively this, about the switch. This was the right move. I, teams were, the reason they did the switch was because teams felt like there wasn't enough time between practice and quality to get enough data. And because they didn't have all that data and all that practice, they felt like a little bit disadvantaged for the main race. So I think this will help re-emphasize the focus to the race on Sunday and then just throw in the front the fun of the extra points from the sprint another really super exciting uh, no pun intended piece of news was that <laughs> F1 Academy 
uh, announced there will be super license points and wildcard entries. So the top five drivers in the 2024 driver standings will receive FIA super license points, which is so exciting. So 10 for P1, then seven, five, three, one on down to P5. There will also be wildcard entries for a few races to help strengthen the driver talent pool and wildcard entries will be eligible to score points in the driver's standing. So this is just huge all around for developing the future F1 driver pipeline. As we know, uh, drivers need a certain number of super license points to be able to drive in F1. There's been a lot of drama around that with Colton Herta, for example, last year. So this is great that some female drivers will be getting super license points from F1 Academy. So huge round of applause all around for that. Amazing. Uh, last two news items, the 2022 Singapore GP is being audited by the Singapore government, the Tourism Board, after allegations of corruption against the former transport minister of Singapore since he was heavily involved in the GP deal. So we don't have any news as to whether this will affect the future of the Singapore GP going forward, but just interesting to think that this happened two years ago and now they're auditing it. So we will be following it very closely. Um, and then we mentioned this in our newsreel of this week too, but Red Bull's looking to secure a first option contract with Alex Albon, which basically would just give Red Bull the first opportunity opportunity to sign Albon for his 2026 season if and when his contract with Williams expires in 2025. What I thought was so interesting about this is we did a poll on Instagram of this is a great move for Albon and Red Bull. Albon should keep his options open or Red Bull should sign someone else. And I think pretty much most, the majority of people said Albon should keep his options open. I, Albon I think so too. maybe is a hotter commodity than the second Red Bull seat, which is he, a very he interesting take. His worth. He knows his worth. <laughs> As he should. The stock is on the rise. All right. And as we said, we're going to be ending our episodes with a conundrum. We have talked about this a little bit already, but this one is, if you were Red Bull, who would you sign as Checo's replacement? Speaking as the Red Bull team principal and not as Frances Chesasaki, the, the fan, <laughs> I would like to sign Lando as Checo's replacement. Ooh. But as a fan, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's a good one. But okay, I guess this is a conundrum, so it's not real life, but... Lando's contract, that would mean he would have to break away from McLaren next year. That's yeah, a big again, one. I don't want it to happen, but <laughs> as the Red Bull team principal, it might happen. <laughs> All right. I think I would go with Carlos. Maybe a little bit more realistic, just given his contract is obviously up with Ferrari. I think he's a really top driver. He's been kind of in the broader organization before. I think he would be a safe bet. There you have it. Team team principals, Chess and Tiggy, reporting for duty. <laughs> Sign us up. <laughs> Talk to you all next week. Have a good one. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>